What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody. This is Ryan Staley with the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast. I have a very, very special guest today, Evans Putman. Evans, welcome, man. Awesome to have you. Oh, I appreciate it. It's good to talk to you again. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Yeah, really stoked, man. I, I, it's kind of like inception having you on here. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll get into the details with it. But Evans is the creator of the Infinite Impact Method, and he essentially helps entrepreneurs, sales leaders create profitable, impact-driven businesses through a very unique way. And we're going to get deep into that today, and I think you're going to have some light bulbs kind of pop off uh, because Evans has, has taught me some really unique things, and he's got a great soul, a great heart, is very generous with his time and his knowledge. So I wanted to share that all with you just because of the impact he's had on me. So Evans, give everybody a better understanding of you and how you kind of got to where you're at today. Sure, sure. What, how far you want me to go back? I was actually thinking about this the other day. It's funny because of um, <laughs> entrepreneurial world. I started when I do these interviews, it starts spinning the wheels. And I actually went online to the Wayback Machine and looked and I found my first ever website and it was almost 20 years ago. So that was when I had my first experience as an online entrepreneur. I was a personal trainer at the time and just sort of, I was trying to think of ways to move from trading time for money. Yeah. And so I had a lot of clients where, and where I live is a very like arts and crafts kind of town. It's a historical town, Charleston, Mm -hmm. South Carolina. So I actually had a, a friend who was an artist. I met another lady who did sweet grass baskets. I met a guy who sold boiled peanuts, the peanut man, Tony, the peanut man by the side peanut of the man. road and all these people. So I, essentially what I did, and I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And this was way before YouTube, social media, things like that. Click funnels. I couldn't, I had to go hire a company to build this thing out for me, but I built an e-commerce store essentially. And I had no idea what I was doing. I actually had this big giant machine in my house that I had to run credit cards through. So that's the 20 year old, 20 year ago version. And so it progressed through there. I went through, I actually created and I actually sold that business, created another business um, around the golf vacation world. No idea why, except for, I I really didn't play golf at the time. But once again, at this point I would, I had a, a, website creator. So I was able to use that piece of software, but I had to learn how to, and I was a writer at the time too. I had to learn how to write SEO. I had to learn how to find keywords. And um, I actually, that essentially was an affiliate business. Okay. I had no idea either what it was because I sold golf. I would try to rank high for keywords for places like Myrtle Beach Golf, Um, you know, Arizona golf courses. And I sold vacations, vacation packages through this company. So I'd walk out to my mailbox and I never knew when they were coming, but I opened up the mailbox, there'd be a check 
for five, six hundred dollars. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. I guess I sold a vacation. And I go check. And yeah, I did. So and I had no idea what an affiliate business was back then. But that's basically what I was. I sold tea times and golf vacations. And I ended up selling that one, that business as well. But the reason I'm sort of telling these stories are not just to say that, you know, I did this and this. It was really throughout this whole time, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was learning as I went. But now as I've progressed through the years, all those skills that I was picking up along the way that I never really thought that I would use, now I understand them because for a lot of the clients that I work with now, I help them build their teams and hire people because we put in a system so that everything runs on autopilot for them. And they're usually entrepreneurs, like coaches, experts, change-making entrepreneurs who want to, they, they have a mission and a message and they want to get it out there, but they don't want to be in, they don't want to be a business operator. They want to be a business owner. So I help them hire people. But throughout the years of doing all these different tasks by building my own businesses, by being a freelancer, I learned all these skills. So now when I help them hire people, I have an idea of what those people's skill levels are before we bring them on the team. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I did. I used to write copy. I wrote emails. I wrote web, you know, web copy. I did Facebook ads. I've done all these different skills along the way, sort of as a solopreneur. So I can help in that that regard. So that's sort of a long story of how I got where I am now. And uh And and you and I know talking, you mentioned the inception part, the whole podcast world. That's sort of where I got known over the past few years for helping to build a seven figure podcast that ended up being more than a podcast, became a business, a sales machine. And it was actually a sellable business. And my partner, um, my client who ended up being a business partner, he actually sold, was able to sell that business, auction it to three different people and take the highest bidder who wrote him a big fat check for it. So we never thought that we would go from when I started that working with that client from just having a podcast, he had no offer, he had no list, he had no, um, you know, no revenue coming in, Mm -hmm. was a brand new online marketer, but he had something he wanted to share through a podcast. So he knew he had that he wanted to help others. And we sort of figured it out as we went, I turned it into a system, built him a business and it was actually a sellable business. So that's that's sort of how you and I met when you said you wanted to start a podcast. We started talking and, you know, now you're just out here killing it and doing great. And you told me about your downloads and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's because you, you're doing a lot better than the majority of the uh, the people out there that launch podcasts without having any forethought into what they're doing. So, well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And, and you gave you have given me a lot of brilliant insights that would have taken me a lot longer to learn on my own. And, and there's so many people right now that are starting their own podcasts and, and shows and, and different mechanisms. So I, that's why I thought it'd be brilliant to have you on. And, and I think, you know, my biggest takeaway from all those nuggets you just dropped uh, was Tony, the peanut man, you know, so did you ever get him <laughs> as a customer or is that just a, a peer that you worked with way back when? No, no, I sold his peanuts through my site. So, yes, oh, okay, a, the peanuts were sold through the. Okay, that's yeah. Fantastic. He actually had he he canned them and he sold. Well, he had a roadside stand, but then as we started working together, he actually was able to go from roadside stand to getting more recognition to selling in grocery stores 
And um, at our minor league baseball park, he used to go out there and sell them too. But then unfortunately he's passed away probably about five or six years ago. But yeah, he was, he's like a, he became a sort of a figure around here. Everybody knew who he was. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. That's like a good, like local uh, to to big time success story. And I'm sure his peanuts were amazing. They sound amazing within it. Dude, I'm telling you, now that I look back on it, we could have learned a, a thing or two from him about marketing. He was a smart brand, well, branding in particular, because yeah. he had he had his hat, this specific kind of straw hat. He had his red bow tie, and right. um, he always had a big smile, and he always like greeted people the same way. He was full of energy, and but I mean, you could like go down the street and hold a picture up to probably ten people, and probably nine of those people would look at that picture and go, "Oh, Tony the Peanut Man." That's fantastic. He was a branding expert, you know, which I I wish I would have taken advantage of that back then and learned more from him. But yeah, it was a great thing. I mean, he would be killing it on LinkedIn right now, Tony the Peanut Man, based on that alone, you know? (laughs) So, but on a more serious note, you know, one of the things that really jumped out at me that you said, you're totally throwing off my whole whole plan for this interview in terms of where I was going to (laughs) go. Sorry about that. No, because because of some of the stuff you said just in your intro, which I thought was really interesting and provide a lot of value to everybody listening. So I wanted to get your feedback on, you know, one of the things that you said is, hey, create a repeatable system so that you're not an operator, so that you're an owner and can create a business that's not just a business to maybe potentially fill, fulfill a dream and create impact, but also to be a sellable asset. So Talk a little bit about that because those are some that's some really cool things that that we we've, we've spoken about offline that I think a lot of folks aren't doing that you can provide a ton of value. So can you get into that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing about it was, is that we didn't do this with any forethought. We were just out there and this is a lesson for everybody. Just do what you, you have an inner voice that sort of guides you. And mm-hmm. Pat was really good at bringing that out in me. And he would think one way and be like, I'm thinking we should try this. And I'm like, you know, I think we should try this. And we would try just anything that sort of popped up. And so getting back to the question, if you just try these things, eventually you will find the right thing. You know, it's like, I I was actually, I'm going to take this off on another divergent thing, but I think it's a good lesson. (laughs) You know, I I was, something popped in my head the other day. It was like, you know, that, that phrase failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that hit me was, no, failure is a requirement. Not it is a you know, it is not an option. It's a requirement. You should you should definitely fail, especially as an entrepreneur. And we failed a lot in this process of creating the system. Um, but once we found it, it was like striking gold. And basically, actually, Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels uh, the founder of ClickFunnels, he said this, and I found this in my notes somewhere when I was just going through looking for some inspiration one day. And he actually mentioned that publishing plus a list equals entrepreneurial freedom. And that's when I look back at our system. I was like, that's what we were doing. When Once we started focusing, we already were publishing. As we discussed, we had a podcast. My, my um, client had a podcast. And we were doing great at building an audience, and we had really great numbers, but it wasn't until we focused on a specific way to build our list, our email list, that our revenue started skyrocketing. 
because we found that the audience really wasn't hard to build. You know, we created, by the time I quit working with Pat, we had over four and a half million listeners, listener downloads. So obviously it was probably less listeners, but still four and a half million listens of the podcast. That's a lot of ears hearing your message, which is really important. So we created a system to do that. Then it wasn't until we decided we have to build a list. We have to figure out a way to attach a funnel to this, right? So an automated sales funnel at the time we called it an evergreen customer identifier funnel. Um, one of my little terminologies that just popped in my head one day. It's not, work, that's not lengthy at all. Not lengthy at all. <laughs> yeah, not liking it. I know, right? But um, so that was the important thing because Pat wanted to, all he wanted to do was do the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, he was already an excellent success at what he had done. He had been a, a billion dollar real estate agent, number one in the world for two different companies. And he wanted to share his knowledge. He had written New York Times bestseller. He'd written a book about this. And he wanted to share the way he had gone from being a workaholic to barely working like maybe four days a week at most so he could spend time with his family. He didn't want to miss his daughters growing up. And and so that was his goal, his mission, to get that kind of knowledge out to other real estate agents and help them. And we were doing great at that, but we weren't building a list yet. So once we started building a list, that funnel of audience listeners sort of narrowed. Then that list ended up being 80% of our revenue, like our highest value customers, the repeat buyers, the ones that spent the most. And that list was also one of the reasons why he was able to sell the business. I, I figured you'd probably like, when are you going to bring it back around to that? But that, that was the key. And I'm telling everybody, you hear this all the time build your list, build your list. And I'm guilty of it. I get slack on it. A lot of people get slack on it, but we created through the podcast, what I call like the podcast to premium Mm -hmm. process is basically just a funnel from the beginning to end. And you and you and I were talking about this before. It's, it's, um, I call it the capture, cultivate, convert and close method within that funnel. So basically you're capturing the attention of your ideal customers, listener customers was what we called them. You, you capture their contact information, their email information, then you cultivate them through the right kind of content that overcomes objections, that um, delivers value, that teaches them things, testimonials, case studies, things like that. Then you take them from that part of the funnel. And that's generally your podcast, but it can also be like your live videos. It can be your YouTube videos Um, And it can be things that once they get on your email list, you're sending them to that content to to cultivate them basically from a cold to a warm to a hot lead. Then the next step in that process is the convert. And this is where the selling happens, which is great for people that don't like to sell. The selling happens automatically in your core content, which is usually like a webinar or a long VSL. I was telling you about putting together a bird's eye view VSL where I basically teach something. So that's your core content that sells. That's part of that system. And then if you're selling, which I tell, I try to get all my clients to do, I think it's the best thing is to sell a high ticket premium product. That is where you close. So in that convert area, in that funnel, you have just, Hey, if you like this, if you'd like to find out if we can help you book a call, they jump on a call with you. Well, the selling's done at this point. 
So that's why we call the last part close because you don't have to sell on the phone. If you don't like to sell on the phone, guess what? You don't have to. The selling should be taking place in your podcast content, in your video content, in your core content to where when they jump on the phone, all you have to do is listen to them, make sure you can help them and then show them that you can help them and just, you know, go ahead and get them over the mindset issue of handing over the money. And that's it. So, um, so yeah, it's a nice little process. And we put that together and didn't realize it at the time when we were doing it, that it was going to turn out that way. We were just trying to solve problems. You know, at first it's like, okay, we need an email list. So let's solve that problem. Then it, well, it started with, we need a bigger audience. Let's solve that. We got that taken care of. We need an email list. We solved that, got that taken care of. We need to figure out how to sell without selling constantly one-on-one in the podcast, you know, pitching. We wanted the podcast to be nothing but value. We wanted to have something that sold 24-7. So we figured that out. And then once people came in and they bought, we had sort of a trigger where if they purchased, you know, a certain amount, like they were a hyperactive buyer, what we called them. If they bought something, we immediately reached out to them via phone and upsold them into more expensive sort of all-inclusive package, which was like a premium product. Mm -hmm. Um, But we did that over the phone. And once we did that, it was like, and Pat actually says this in a testimonial that he did for me. And he's like, you know, these are his words. He said, it was like the the podcast and the business became a virtual ATM where the money was available anytime at that point. And he didn't have to do anything anymore except for do what he loved, go on the podcast and speak and share his message and help others. So it was a win-win for everybody involved. And then because of that audience growth that we had focused on and because of that email list, And that brand that we had built, you know, by having such a big audience that he was able to sell that business, you know, because at that point we had team members, we had systems in place. We had that, that email, you know, the list is really value. That's what, you know, I'm sure most people that listen to your show probably think that too. If they're in the sales, it's like, you know, the fortunes and the follow up is the one thing people love to say, but also the list is like, that's where your money is. And so many entrepreneurs fail to build that list. And I've even heard other podcast coaches tell people, don't worry about building a list. It's all about the exposure. And I disagree 100%. My coach, who is a, I think he sold at least like 10 million in digital products, digital coaching, if not more at this point, he calls it like the sales over, um, sales over fame content marketing, which is what I think is the perfect way to think of it. You know, you need to think of it as yes, it's content, but it's also part of your sales machine. It's part of your business. It's part of that system. So that's why I tell people, I'm like, you know, if, if you've got somebody telling you don't build a list, then you might want to find a new coach. Cause the guys that are the guys that you and I know that are like way down the road from us, making a lot of money that are running, you know, multi-million dollar, billion dollar businesses, they know the importance of building a list. So. Well, yeah. And the list is interesting because, you know, we have a lot of, of sellers that listen to this, both executives and, and VPs of sales, CSOs, sales executives and entrepreneurs. And, you know, what, what I'm starting to see, and I'd be curious on your take on this, and I, I know you might have some really great insights is some folks are saying that. They're like, hey, people are getting spammed all hell right now. 
Email's dead. Like you don't need to do it anymore. It's not dead, but I mean, you got 10% open rates. People are getting shelled with 350 emails a day, you know? So there's starting to become that other view. And I, I get both sides of it, man. You, you're, you're trying to look at it different ways. I totally get what you're saying that you want something sticky that you can latch onto. So how would you respond to that when, when people are, are saying, Hey, email lists are dead. There's nothing, you know, you don't need those anymore. Now I know you're talking about that email list that happened. How, how many years ago? Is that three? Uh, well, this years? was just like a, yeah, a year or two ago oh, at the most. A year ago. Okay. Yeah. So a year or two ago. So it wasn't like, it was like 10 years ago or anything. So how yeah. would you respond to that, man? No, I think that's, um, it's valid. And it's one thing that, you know, I, I know here's the key, right? And I think I've shared this with you too. The way we cultivated our list through the process that we did through the podcast, we got open rates of 46%, 48% because we created that list based on value first with our audience. So they liked getting emails from us. You know, we emailed them. They knew that they were going to get an email once a week, letting them know that they had some really valuable content waiting on them. Go get it. So after a few weeks, then we might hit them up with a sales email. So it might be value, value, value sales. Now my coach and he does this, it's a very smart way as well. When we talked about that cultivation content that takes you from, you know, cold to, to warm to hot prospect, he actually, once you get on his list, what he does is he, you get an email a day. One email might be a testimonial link to a testimonial video. One e- the next email might be a link to a video that teaches you something. So it's always value, but it's created, the content is created in a way to basically overcome objections. So what you don't realize as the viewer of that content of the person who gets that email that yes, it's valuable, but it's also an objection that most people have to them buying his product. So it's a smart way to overcome objections automatically before you get them on the phone. Um, So I think it depends on the smart way that you use your email list. And I can tell you from most people, the reason they say, emails dead is because one, they don't have good email copy Two, They might have a bad list and they don't work on their list. Like we always, we always made sure that if people didn't open our emails after a certain amount of time, I don't remember the exact time frame now off the top of my head, but we would go back. I know it was at least six months. If they didn't open something in six months, we would send out an email just to that list and people didn't open it. They were off the list. And it upped our deliverability rates, which then increased our open rates. So there's a lot going on that people are just, you know, I hate to say it because I probably fall in this category too a lot of times, lazy to figure out. Um, and I do the same thing. It's like, I don't want to figure out all that stuff. That's why there's email specialists out there. So I think that you, and while you may think that my email is going out, aren't bringing in a bunch of revenue, that email is still a list of contacts that is valuable to somebody down the line. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big business like follower of big companies, but I remember people were talking about when Facebook bought Instagram, the reason they bought Instagram was because Instagram had that list, that big, huge audience of contacts. They wanted that, you know, that's what's valuable. It's not the, actual thing. Facebook could build an Instagram, 
You know, they could build that. They just wanted the people that were associated with that and the email addresses and the contact information and all that stuff they could bring in and let their advertisers take advantage of. So I think when you look at it that way, it's still important. But I will say this, that, you know, we not only did we have a list of email addresses, but we also got their um, phone numbers because we often from the podcast, we often said, hey, if you want this thing, go text this word to this number because people were already on their phones. So it helped us grab their phone numbers as well as their email addresses. And then now, like you and I were talking, uh, one of the things that I'm seeing a big push in the industry is, and one thing that I'm getting ready to launch my own is a private podcast, private audio, where people have to opt in before getting the content or either they have to pay before getting the content. And here's the cool thing about it with the private audio tool that I use it actually shows up like a podcast right in your podcast app, like in the Apple player on my phone. So think about this. What if you created just a five minute video or five minute audio mm-hmm. three, four times a week, had people opt in for that. Now you got their email address. Maybe you had them like send a text to this and then you captured their email address, phone number. They opted into your private audio. So now they're also getting what could be, like a follow-up sequence delivered right into their podcast app. So now you're bypassing the email inbox. You're still going, you're still sending them emails. You're still sending them texts every now and then, but you're also sending them something right into their phone that shows up in their app where it's not in a crowded inbox. And it's something that they check all the time. They go to the gym, they open up to look, you know, what am I going to, what podcast am I going to listen to? Oh, Ryan's new episode's out. You know, Ryan, this thing came out and they pop it in. Now, all of a sudden, you're showing up in a place that's going to get much higher open rates. People listen to like 80, 90 percent of all podcasts. So if you do it short, sweet, deliver something of value, just like you would do in the email, just pump it out. And here's a little trick. When you do it, you could use like an app like otter.ai or something like that to take your voice as you're recording your podcast episode, a little short snippet to transcribe that, turn that into the email that goes out. So you don't have to waste time doing more than one thing. So I think that's like a really valuable thing that a lot of people are missing out on because it is new. And it's something as we've gone around my, one of my partners and I talking to different people at these big JV events and networking events, people, it's like their, their eyes pop and their ears are like, what, what are you talking about? Private audio? Because it's something that's sort of new. And I think a lot of people can get on that now and get ahead of the game. So it gives you that option. So I know that's a long way away from email open rates, but, <laughs> but no. I think there's a, you know, I think there's a lot of lessons there. You got to be, you, you just have to be smart about your email marketing. Don't, don't drop it 100%. And if you don't want that to be the main thing, that's fine, but it's still important to capture that con that contact information because that's going to be your um, lifeboat. I mean, literally, there were times where with our list, I remember one time I got cocky and decided I was going to run a bunch of ads for my client, ended up throwing a bunch of money away because we just fired our ad person. I was like, oh, I've done this in the past. I can handle it. We had something going out. I blew a bunch of money. So what did I do? I was like, okay, I got to go report my numbers every Wednesday at the sales meeting. And I was the one who was responsible for the numbers. So when it was time to report those numbers, I was like, I'm going to get killed because I just blew all this money. So that Sunday night and that Monday, 
I sent out two emails to our list and I more than doubled the amount of money I lost. So our list was really valuable to us. And we could almost, Pat and I would joke at times, I would say, you know, like we're going to send this email out and we could guess like within almost like a hundred to a thousand dollars, how much we were going to get back on a regular basis. So I do think it's important. I think it's a very vital part of your system. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, man. And I, Hey, it's cool that it's, it's about 46 to 48% open rates are amazing. I, I would say, but that's, that's a byproduct of what you did on the front end, man, with, with creating yeah. really valuable content for people. So it's not just spammy. And then, you know, I, I, I totally agree with you on the progression to uh, the phone, to the text. That's going to be like the new email list, I think, for the next five years until we start planting Neuralink chips in our brain. And then we'll, <laughs> right. we'll evolve to that, you know, like whatever Elon Musk is is stirring up in his uh, his uh, lab, you know, where we'll be, well, that'll be the next shift. But I definitely see it heading that way. Is that where you, what you see as the future as well, man, just based on what you're seeing? You know, we didn't use it. We, well, we found that when we use text, a lot of it was not the sale, like sending out trying to get sales through text didn't work for us. Now, I'm not saying it, maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe we were just doing it wrong. But what worked for us was more informational, like letting them know a new podcast episode had launched, mm-hmm. letting them know like a new, you know, Pat had done a new like live coaching video in our Facebook group, things like that, that were more like, Hey, informational. Then people didn't mind getting those texts. We wouldn't. And the way I can tell is we would see less unsubscribes. Mm-hmm. You know, if we sent something out like, Hey, this weekend you can, come, you know, buy this thing or Pat's doing a JV webinar, you can go and check it out and, you know, get this thing at a discount or something through whatever their deal they were doing. We would see our unsubscribes just, you know, bam, 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 bam. People just didn't want to get sold like that. So we weren't really good at it, but I'm sure there's people out there that know how to do it in a really valuable way. But we found, like I said, and I think that's the really cool thing is to use that text, use that email and um, even like a Facebook retargeting ad or something like that to let them know when new episodes are dropping, especially if it's a really valuable episode. Maybe you are launching a new offer and you're taking them through a sequence in your podcast episode. So you do that where they where they see like that subject line. Maybe they don't open it. Then they have a text come through. Then they're on Facebook or on LinkedIn and they see something pop up. And it's like, by that point, they're like, oh, oh, you know, you've, I've been hit by four times, four touches. I'm going to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we did a lot of that, too, because we, you know, we were speaking to real estate agents. So we came from that world where it's like, you, you know, you mail out postcards, you get on the phone, you, you send emails, you send texts, you do anything you can to get as many touches as you can with those prospects. So we sort of implemented that into our online business as well. And that's one thing I learned from him. I was the the marketing expert, but I learned that from the guy who had no online marketing experience, but he was sharing, I was learning things from, you know, that were successful with his world and implementing them into our world. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I agree with you. There's so many lessons to be learned from offline to online and online to offline. I mean, they're, they're blending together so much right now and, so that, that's that's great feedback. I appreciate that. So yeah, I'll sh- I'll share this real quick too that you mentioned that. So that made me think of something. I had this discussion with somebody the other day that the big 
it's funny because we've, we're sort of disconnected physically at this point mm-hmm. that we're, you know, when people are listening to this, we're in the whole Corona thing still, but online, there's a lot of networking going on. I've been involved in more networking, like virtual events than probably ever in my life as like combined offline networking events. And I don't know if it's because to me, they're more comfortable mm-hmm. and they're more casual and they're easier access that I think that part of the, the offline sales world is coming into the online world, a lot more relationship building, um, really smart things that I think a lot of the people listening to your podcast, if they start thinking, you know, that person is not just an email address, they're a relationship. And I think we sort of lost the, a lot of that when everything gets focused on online only. But now that you're sort of bringing the physical offline world into the online world, it's sort of bringing a lot of that back, it feels like. I don't know about if, if you've noticed that or not, but to me, I've noticed it. Yeah, well, it's interesting, man. It's kind of binary. So, like, personally, it's been awesome for me because I used to travel a ton. And so when you travel, there's there's benefits to it. However, there's there's a lot of barriers to getting things done when you're jumping on a plane, when you're walking through the airport, when you're doing things like that, you lose tons of time with that. So I've exponentially grown my network through some of the things I'm doing like this and, you know, through something else that I'm not ready to announce yet, that's absolutely going to crush it uh, that we were talking about before. Um, yeah, so, I'm excited, excited yeah. about that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I would say, and I've seen it, it, it all depends on the person, man. There are people that are, that are sharp, that are trying to leverage the heck out of it. The only thing that the feedback I'm getting from some folks is they love the live interaction. However, some people are getting zoom fatigue because there's so much like virtual connections, but Hey man, I still think, and it just depends on the area, the region, the country that you're in even the world, right? Because there's, there's people from Spain listening to this, the UK. I mean, we have people from all over the world listening to this show right now. But like I'll, I today and yesterday, I went out and I met with people and I had coffee with them or I had lunch with them. And what I would say, the, the thing outside of virtual that's, <laughs> that's crazy is because people are doing that so little right now. If you could mix some of that into any kind of partnership or sales engagement, you, it, it's like the difference between the amount of emails someone gets or the amount of direct messages they get on a certain platform, right? There's so few people doing that that it's a good kind of like cherry on top. That makes sense. Yeah, I love that. And that's one of the reasons I, when I, that made me think of my, when I worked with my client, Pat, that was one of the first times I've worked with somebody and realized that they live like 20 minutes from me. You know, I had so many clients from all over the world. I joked at one time, I was like, the the most popular digital marketing guy in Australia. Cause for some reason I had a lot of Australian clients, <laughs> but when we connected, we were like, we were talking and he's like, where do you live? And I tell him, he's like, where do you live? And he tells me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's like, you're on one side of the Charleston peninsula. I'm on the other side. And we were able to get together and have face to face meetings. And I think by me being able to have that differentiation of sitting there with him and getting that feedback from him that you can't, feel or hear a lot of times through virtual, it helped me be able to serve him better in his business. So I think that's really important too. So, and I miss the, I do miss the in-person things with people like yourself at big events and things, but, um, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. I think a podcast is an excellent 
relationship and network building tool that a lot of people don't think about. So whether you're going to launch one or whether you're just going to make sure you go out and guest on a lot of them, it's not just for the exposure. It's really an amazing network building tool as well. It's been amazing since I've started. I'm only like a month into it. So we're just about up on time. Um, so the question I have for you for so that we could drop this for everybody before we leave, can you give three or five quick nuggets uh, for someone that's trying to, or that it's about to either just started a show or started a show and is looking to monetize it? What are like three to five components or pieces that you would focus on if you were in that position? Because there's a lot of people out there that are, are starting to go down that path that I think would gain a lot of value from your advice. Well, the first thing when I met with uh, Pat, my client, who, you know, was one of my biggest success stories, the first thing that I did was I asked him, you know, what's the end in mind? What's your end goal? Because he told me, he's like, I've got this podcast. I'm not growing. I'm like, so you want growth, but what else is it? What, you know, I felt like the kid asking why, why, why? And finally I got to the point where he's like, I want to sell digital products. I have like great ideas for digital education that I think can help these agents. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there we have it. So Mm -hmm. that's the first thing I would say is, I know it seems basic, but so many people miss out on this. And this is why so many podcasts end up just saying, oh, it's not worth it. I don't want to do it. The end in mind, go ahead and figure out what that one core offer is. Mm -hmm. And then once you do that, figure out what that, the, the ideal, we call them ideal listener customer because they weren't just listeners. The ideal listener customer, the ideal listener client, what is that person that's going to be the right fit for the result that that core premium offer delivers? Mm-hmm. So now you've got those two things, right? They're not tactical at all, but they're really important. If you can figure out what that one core premium offer is, focus all your messaging on that. From then on, you don't cause confusion. So you do that, you get your ideal listener customer that's going to get the big result from that core offer. And then I know I, I'll, I'll say it again, I'll beat, my, beat the, the drum on it, build your list. Find a way to make sure that you're getting your podcast listeners, your audience on a list. Okay, so you want to make sure you've got that because that's, you know, as our mentor and coach says, Russell Brunson, that's traffic you own. So I would say those three things are very important. Excellent. Awesome. So it was so great having you on today. Is there anywhere that people could, and I know this, this is kind of a little question. Is there anywhere where they could find you, but where can they learn more about you? Where can they find out more about what you're doing, how that you can serve them, things like that, man. Where can they find you? Sure. Yeah. I'm not going to give out my, my physical address. <laughs> they can find me there, unfortunately a lot these days, but, <laughs> but of course on, um, you know, on Facebook, you can come to Evans, just come, you know, friend me. I'll be glad to. I love to start conversations because it's more of a relationship than, hey, come like my page. I'll, you know, that's not going to do us any good. Come shoot me a message on Facebook at Evans Putman, E-V-A-N-S-P-U-T-M-A-N. Um, and then you can find me on LinkedIn. I have to admit, I really, I've slacked off a lot on LinkedIn, but because of you and uh, Ryan, who I'm talking to right here, and <laughs> a couple of people that he's introduced me to, I'm sort of moving more emphasis into LinkedIn as well. So you can always find me and shoot me a connection on LinkedIn as well. But I like the personal aspect of like coming to my personal Facebook or going to my personal LinkedIn where we can have a conversation and talk. And then um, also, if it's okay with you, I'll share 
I put together a free training for everybody yeah. that I thought would be awesome to share. And you can actually go get this. It's at um, dreamclientsforlife.com forward slash Pat. So okay. that's dreamclientsforlife.com forward slash Pat. And what that is, that's a case study where I know we've talked a lot about my cl- my client, Pat, but it, it's a case study of how Pat went from no offer, no list, and uh, no revenue to over 500000 in sales in 12 months without paid ads. Wow. So you can imagine you're not spending money on ads. That 500000 in revenue, a big, big chunk of that was profit for him. So that was um, that's a training I put together. You can watch that. You can see some of the exact steps that we used with him to get him that kind of success. And as you mentioned early, to carry over mm-hmm. into a sellable asset that he was later able, able to sell for a nice big chunk of change. So I'm, I'm sworn to secrecy on how much it is. I, I do know how much it is. And it's, you can't uh, it, otherwise you'd be killed. I get it. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, exactly. We'll drop that link in the show notes too. So everybody can have access to it as well. But thank you so much for coming on, man. I can speak firsthand. I've talked to Evans. He genuinely means it when he believes that it's about building relationships and to drop him a message. And I greatly appreciate you. And it was awesome having you on today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for letting me come on and share. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Excellent. Have a great day. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources. So I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I want to ask you is if you really, truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.